I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. Hark, we got a Kris Kringle crunch of Christmas stories this week, and thank you for them. Also, a couple of uh, Christmas comments, too, and here's one from proud podcast participant Elaine from Cambridge, Massachusetts. Elaine says, Santa must be a woman. Men can't pack a bag. Men wouldn't be caught dead wearing red velvet. Men don't answer their mail. Men would freak if somebody said they had a belly like a bowl full of jelly. And besides, being responsible for Christmas would require a lasting commitment. And hark again, proud podcast participant Jim King wants you to know that Santa's primary language is North Polish. He rides a Holly Davidson. And he and his wife get around on an icicle built for two. Thank you, Jim. And hark one more time. I'll put some of your Christmas stories on either the next few podcasts or on some of the upcoming blogs at, at DickSummer.com. Send them off to Dick at DickSummer.com. I appreciate it. Now, did you notice how the word hark got your attention? Brad, it gave you whiplash, didn't it, huh? Every year about this time, I remember the words of Big Louie, his own bad self, the chief mustard cutter of the Louie Louie generation, who always says, the hell with well, light the spark with hark. And I always mean to bring those words to your attention all year long, but somehow I tend to forget things like that. Along with where I put my glasses, my email password, and what the heck was it that my lady wonder wench wanted me to pick up at the grocery store? I guess that's one of the problems that comes with being a member of the Louie Louie generation. One of the other problems that seems to come with being a member of the Louie Louie generation is that people don't pay attention to us anymore. And I like attention. And using the word hark will get you some attention. Look what it does every year for the Herald Angels. I don't think anybody would even notice the Herald Angels if they weren't always saying hark. So, how, you will say, can I casually work the word hark into my everyday conversation so I can get some attention too? I'm glad you asked. Here's how, all right? Have you ever noticed that when most of us are asked a question, we almost always start the answer with the word, well. Even the TV news guys do it. Well, what's the weather going to be like tomorrow, Al? Well, probably nice if it doesn't snow. Even our leaders talk that way. Well, what are we going to do today, Joe? Well, Barack, let's check out those Iraqi oil wells. Even here the word well used in hospitals where nobody's really well. My buddy Bob had a serious operation the other day. Fortunately, it was successful. And we know that because when we asked the doctor, he said, well, he's going to get well. We said swell. (laughs) So all you have to do is just substitute the very seldom used word hark for the overused word well. Think how classy Rocky Balboa would have sounded if instead of saying, yo, He said, hark. Hark even covers boo-boos. The Herald Angels, for example, got away with rhyming proclaim with Bethlehem. 
You know why? It's because when you start a statement with the word hark, people get whiplash, and you can get away with almost anything after it. Try it. Is that some other woman's lipstick on your collar? Hark! I can explain. Hark! I'm pregnant. <laughs> hark! I got fired. See? Cleverly using the word hark instead of well is not the only way, of course, to get attention. When, when the weather outside is frightful, if you go around dressed in your gay attire, wishing everybody follow la la la, that'll do it too. As will going for a ride in a one-horse open sleigh on Route 95. Yeah? But considering the possible consequences of things like that, when you want attention, it is probably better to just make your mark by saying hark. So give it a shot and let me know how you do. All right. I said let's swap some Christmas stories. I put one of my favorites on the Love & Touch personal audio CD. It's about... Uh, a Christmas a long time ago. It was my first Christmas with my lady wonder wench. It's called Christmas Warm. Bike bells, doorbells, typewriter bells, fire bells, alarm clock bells. Bells trickle through the calendar, tinkling down the days almost ignored until November dies. And then the school bells, timer bells, cash register bells all sing the sound of the season. Big bells, baby bells, telephone bells. Telephone bells. They're the ones that give a glisten to the silver Christmas air. It was in an icicled outdoor telephone booth with the door frozen open and a small snowdrift in the coin return slot that I called to ask if you wanted to go Christmas shopping. And you said yes in a voice that curled around and into my ear moist and warm from inside you. It was like slowly pressing my foot into a warmed, fur-lined bedroom slipper. That was the first time I ever really enjoyed the bustle of shopping. And when we finished, we stood in the brilliant cold to watch the flashing Christmas tree lights in the park. The reflections made candle-lit stained glass windows of your eyes. And right there, in the swirl of gold-wrapping paper and red ribbon bows and the tumble of the hustling crowd while your arms were trapped under the bundles of Christmas gifts that we just bought, I said, Merry Christmas, and kissed you. It took you by surprise. You flicked your eyelashes wide enough for me to look at something that few women ever show a man. For as long as it took my breath to melt the snowflake from your wind-tangled hair, you slipped out of the delicate black lace of feminine mystery. Your eyes fed me the full, round, warm honey of your most personal love. And I think it was just my breath that painted pink frost crystals on your cheek. You just closed your eyes and stood there in an almost holy silence. And that's how we rode home that blizzard night, the car's heater thawing the scent of green pine from your fur collar. We were so close that I didn't even want the crunching of footsteps in the snow between us. So I carried you from the car to the house, the flowered tops of your nylons blooming in the snow falling on my corduroy coat sleeve, the jingle bells of my keys sounding the start of our first Christmas together. After unbuttoning our snowy clothes and rubbing our backs on the black velvet dark of our quiet room, you pressed the pink curves of your breasts and shoulders to my chest. You said, 
it made you warm. how it really happened. Hard to believe it was so long ago. Just before we had cell phones. We really did have outdoor telephone booths then, remember? And sometimes if the door got frozen open, which it did, a little snowdrift had built up there in that coin return slot. Sometimes I think I wish I had known that I would have been lucky enough to have all of the Christmases that we have had since then with her. But maybe not. Maybe that's one of the lessons we ought to learn from Christmas, you know. Don't try to improve on miracles. Christmas Warm. It's from the Love & Touch Personal Audio CD. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast. Or if you want a fresh copy, just go back to DickSummer.com and download it from the Love & Touch icon on the homepage. Well, since we're swapping Christmas stories, and I just told you one of mine, it's your turn, and... Here's a note from proud podcast participant Paul Berg. Paul says, quote, I refuse to grow up. I still want a BB gun at Christmas, and I promise I won't shoot my eye out. And I want real Lionel trains under the tree, and I still have faith that we will eventually find X-ray glasses that really work. And everybody will admit that Bosco is far superior to Coco Marsh. And the 59 Chevy was the best car ever. And how about Yoo-Hoo in Bottles? And three musketeer bars for a nickel. And nickels. And singing Christmas songs with the guys you like singing harmony with on warm summer evenings out on the stoop. And nothing to do. And no guilt about doing it. Merry all them holidays. <laughs> That's a good note. Thanks, Paul. One of the best parts about Christmas is the memories, of course. The sweet ones and the bittersweet ones. The ghosts of Christmas past helping us to get ready for the ghost of Christmases yet to come, which can be pretty scary ghosts sometimes. The holy guys always say, don't forget Christmas is a religious feast. And you know what? I think they're missing the point. I don't even think it makes much difference if Christ really was the Son of God. I think the point is that he gave us lots of good ideas and lots of love. And that's why his birthday is so neat. And so is Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and Solstice and any other holiday that involves candles and good stuff to eat and <laughs> a BB gun and, and some great loving. Yeah, especially that great loving. Served long and gentle and, and warm. I think that's what it's really all about when you wish somebody Merry Christmas.
Okay. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths. Come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.